You're listening to Following the Way, a podcast devoted to the examination of Scripture and Christ-centered practices to help us live in devotion to the way of Jesus. Well, hello and welcome to Following the Way. We are so glad that you're with us on this podcast and hope that you are enjoying the content that we're putting out. We are right now in a series going through the book of Hebrews as part of our podcasts. And actually today marks the 50th episode of this podcast, which is quite something to um, think about that uh, way back in the spring when we began this, that we are now at number 50. And so uh, we're really glad that... uh, that you're with us, and we're, we're really excited for where this is going to go. So, we are in Hebrews 2 uh, today, looking at uh, just going through the text. And again, this isn't a, um, a total comprehensive uh, look at every verse, but it's more of a, uh, a devotional um, look at, at each chapter and drawing out certain things from it. So, Hebrews 2 begins with, Therefore, it says, which uh, that word is meant to uh, awaken us. What it's saying is in light of what you've just heard, uh, we need to pay attention. And uh, what what we had just heard in Hebrews 1 was uh, this, this whole looking at how Jesus is much greater than uh, angels uh, from God's mediator sent before him, and then that he is... Um, way far above that. He's sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high, it says uh, in Hebrews 1. And so the writer of Hebrews says, uh, in light of this, we've got to pay uh, much closer attention to what we've heard um, because there's the temptation to drift in our lives. And so he, and he, and he, uh, says this and and he references the message from angels that God used angels as his messengers they spoke God's words in fact acts 7:53 says that the word was given to Moses through angels and so he's saying uh, in light of that and and in light of the importance of that message that proved reliable and where disobedience to it uh, resulted in punishment he says how how can we uh, escape if we're going to neglect such a great salvation um, in light of, of how much greater Jesus is than those messengers. And so he says, how can we neglect or ignore? Uh, it means to pay no attention or make light of so great a salvation. And what the writer's saying is here is we will drift actually if we're not anchored to Jesus. And, and we have to remember that Hebrews is written to discouraged, complacent followers of Jesus. It's not written to um, the world outside the church. It's written within the church. And he's saying to you who are following Jesus, don't drift. And, and he goes on in verse four and he says that God himself has testified to this truth through signs and wonders, various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so when he says this, this does not give any support to the notion that this witness has ceased and the Lord no longer testifies through the manifest presence and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He did back then and he still does. 
In fact, he says there that uh, they are distributed to us according to his will. And it brings to mind Ephesians 4, where it talks about how Jesus gave gifts to the church, the, the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the pastors, for the building up of the body. These, that's why these different gifts were given. And, and none of this, we, we understand this from Ephesians 4, none of this has ceased. But the purpose of all this and, 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 and in welcoming and embracing this is to testify to the supremacy of Jesus so we don't neglect the truth. And then verse 6 to 8 here uh, quotes Psalm 8 verses 4 to 6, a psalm written by David that he applies to humankind. But now the writer of Hebrews says, no, this actually uh, applies to Jesus ultimately and includes the phrase there in the psalm, the son of man which is a phrase that, if you're at all familiar with the Old Testament, appears a lot in Daniel. And Jesus himself repeatedly applied this to himself. And so where David is speaking in Psalm 8 of us having dominion over this earth, which again harkens back and has echoes of Genesis and and how God's intention for, for humankind. But ultimately, this refers to Jesus and everything being in complete subjection under his feet. As the writer of Hebrews says, nothing is outside of his control, he says at the end of verse 8. And so I love the way that Ephesians 1 describes this reality, where there it speaks about Jesus being above all rule, all authority, power and dominion, and above every other name, both now and forever. All things are under his feet. Everything Everything bows to the name of Jesus. Now, many would question this assertion. Like, like how can you say that? Look at this world. Look at the chaos. Look at the violence. Look at the corruption. Look at the deceit. Look, look, look. Look at what's happening. How can you say that Jesus has all things under his control? And the writer realizes this and is honest. He says, no, you're right. At present, we do not see everything under his control. But through the suffering of his death, his sacrifice on the cross, he is now crowned with glory and honor. It was the grace of God that he might taste death for everyone, it says. And and so the premise here is crucial for us to grasp. Jesus, who is above all things, far greater than all the angels, is at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is God's son. He is God himself, eternal. He came and he willingly suffered. He was made perfect through the suffering, it says. And he did this to identify with us and to provide the only way, and that's a really important distinction, the only way to salvation for us. And so this is what faith hinges on. Jesus has the highest glory and honor of anyone for all time right now in heaven. But we don't see this in full reality on this earth right now. And and this is what makes it so difficult for us because we, we don't see this in many respects in our world and in what we experience. And this is what faith hinges on. This is exactly what Jesus came to identify with and deal with for us. It says he embraced suffering for us. He has embraced us, his brothers and sisters. It's outrageous. 
it reminds us of Romans 8, where it says that we are co-heirs with Jesus of the promises. Even if we don't see them yet, or even if we don't have them yet in fullness, they are ours. We are the children of God. And verse 12 goes on in Hebrews 2, and it quotes Psalm 22, the psalm that Jesus cried out on the cross, the beginning words of Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But it goes on in that psalm, and, and we won't get into that psalm here on this podcast, but you can go read Psalm 22, and the, the end of that psalm, what it declares prophetically of what the Messiah would do, and, and that's where it's quoted there, uh, Psalm 22, 22, where I will tell of your name to my brothers, in the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And so Jesus was pointing to that going, this is what I was doing. This is what I'm accomplishing. This is what Jesus has accomplished. And the reason this is so crucial for us is because what's at stake, it goes on to say here in Hebrews 2, is the fear of death. The very thing that Jesus came to destroy and remove from our lives. Jesus destroyed the devil. His power of death is finished. For those in Christ, this is not, this is simply not a reality. Fear of death is not a reality for those who are in Christ. It says that Jesus came to help the offspring or the descendants of Abraham. Now, who is that? Well, it's those who by faith believe in the promise and their faith is counted to them as righteousness, as it says in Romans. And so Jesus came and he was, he was made like us in every way. He shared in our humanity. It says in verse 17 of Hebrews 2, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest to God. And Hebrews unpacks this aspect of Jesus' sacrifice to a much greater extent yet later on as, as we go through the book. But it says, so he, he became this faithful high priest so that he might atone for our sins. He dealt with them all. And it goes on right at the end there, the last verse in Hebrews 2. It says, because Jesus has suffered when he was tempted, he can help those who are being tempted. And, and so it's making the insinuation, those who are tempted, those who are suffering, like Jesus, and that's us, that, that when, we are, when we are suffering and being tempted just like he was, Jesus is there for us. And that's the reality. We will suffer. We do suffer. That is part of this life. We feel that. But when you can have the perspective that all your suffering has purpose and is accomplishing something in you for all of eternity. And that's a perspective that maybe at times we hear, but we need to be reminded because in the, in the, the very uh, middle of suffering, in the very middle of struggle, we can forget, oh yeah, this is accomplishing something in me that has eternal value. It changes how we live in the midst of it. And so we should not try to sidestep or deny suffering, which is, is so much the inclination of our culture. No, it's, it's a very real part of life, Scripture says. And the warning is, going back to the beginning of Hebrews 2, don't let this reality that will ha be a reality in life cause you to drift from Jesus. There's temptation in that in life when we don't see everything under Jesus's control. What's going on? Why, Lord? 
And this is not right here in Hebrews 2. This is not the end of the discussion either. This this letter, this book, uh, these writings for us don't end right here. The, the, the writer of Hebrews is just warming up and laying out his claim. But fear of death is a hinge point in our lives. And the 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 bondage to lifelong slavery that it presents for us when fear of death is working in our lives. We have to deal with it because it will keep us in bondage. And the implications are many and they're enormous. And we see it uh, all over. We, we may have seen it in our lives in the past. We may, we may struggle with aspects of it now in our life that we need to wrestle with and we need to submit to the Lord. And we see it in the lives of others. It is enormous. But we need to remember Jesus has defeated the power of that, that the enemy wields over other people's lives. Satan does not wield that power over us. Jesus broke that power in his death. The fear of death is broken. Whatever we see going on right now in the world, death does not have power. It's like it says in Corinthians, oh, death, where is your sting? It has been defeated in the resurrection of Jesus. And so we don't have to live in subjection to that. Rather, we live in subjection to Jesus and we receive all the benefits of his triumph. And the consummation of all things is coming. And so this is this perspective that's so valuable that we need so desperately in these days, in our lives and in the life of the church. And we want to say to that, yes, Jesus, give us that perspective in these days. And so I pray that over you as we end this podcast, that you will feel that in your life and you will have that perspective. Blessings, friends. Lord willing, we'll see you again.